Good morning, Coach Chet. How are you doing this morning? Oh, very well. And yourself? Cannot complain one bit. <laughs> uh, it's good to be recording a podcast with you this morning. Uh, so, Coach Chet, for the listener out there, please give a little background about yourself, and then we'll, we'll have some conversation about strength and conditioning. Surely. Uh, well, currently I am working for Upshur County Schools as the Director of Wellness and Conditioning. Uh, that means I work for all the school students and staff uh, trying to improve our uh, students' wellness as well as our uh, staff wellness. Uh, prior to this, I was at Wesleyan, West Virginia Wesleyan College as the Director of Strength and Conditioning for all their athletic programs. Uh, and then before that, I was working as a coach at various institutions. I worked at uh, Indiana State for a couple of years doing the same job, strength and conditioning. Uh, and then before that, I was a football and strength and conditioning coach at DePaul University in Indiana as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've been doing this in some form for about, oh gosh, uh, 10, 11 years. So it's been a, it's been one heck of a, one heck of a journey going from, Indiana to West Virginia and all over feels like yeah we've talked about your journey that basically <laughs> you've lived about everywhere it feels like that <laughs> Arizona <laughs> yeah Indiana West Virginia yeah talk about you know kind of your journey into strength and conditioning if you don't mind like, sure how did that all well I suppose started? um one of the things that really intrigued me was when I was in high school uh we had a strength coach uh Don Hornbeck um easy money he was a great guy, uh, and he was our PE teacher, but also did a lot of strength conditioning for us, uh, and he taught me a lot, uh, but he showed me that it was a fun thing. It was like training was fun uh, for me. I always found that to be one of the more fun things, and then in college, my strength coach was a guy named Jim Steele, who was a power lifter and a really good guy, a good guy as well, and he, what we did was he just started to experiment on me essentially <laughs> like oh. he'd say okay everybody else is doing this workout workout a jet i want you to do workout b because you look like you could handle it and it was usually more intense uh so it's like and i did uh hmm. so i got to the and i got to the point where i was like really enjoy that so i interned with him a little bit and then uh after college i was like well i i wasn't done with football uh so i wanted to coach football so i took an opportunity to go do that at DePaul University. Uh, and I found that while I do, I did love football, I really, really, really enjoyed the aspect of taking the team into the weight room and working with them there. Mm. And I found eventually, like some coaches do, like coaches who end up moving away from their sport, that I didn't need it anymore. Um, the moment you feel like you, most people say, I want to coach football that's not always, or I want to coach volleyball. It shouldn't be a want. It should be a need uh, in my mind, because if you just want to do it, that wanes. Needs don't. You need this. Needs don't wane. And that allows you to be completely present with the students that you're dealing with, with the people you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. So because I didn't need it anymore, I knew I couldn't commit myself to it. And I knew I wouldn't be giving my all to that part of the profession. So I was like, I can't do football anymore. I don't need this. And heck, since then, since I finished coaching football in 2013, I think I've watched maybe two complete games of football. <laughs> you know, it's because oh wow. part, well, part of the problem I found out was 
after coaching football for so long, and you might be able to attest to some of this, um, you know, those uh, weeks where you're watching four or five games worth of film, uh, and then your own game and your own practices. I found that after several years of that, I was watch, trying to watch a football game, and I just noticed somebody do like three things wrong. Mm-hmm. The simple answer was I, one of the first plays I watched was a screen and the offensive lineman ran downfield rather than running parallel to the line of scrimmage to go out and up. I was like, I just started freaking out. It's like, okay, I can't do this. I can't watch this because Mm -hmm. I like, I start analyzing it too much and it makes me too anxious. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had to stop dealing with football, even in, even in my pastime. And since then I just actually found that I prefer other sports anyways. Um, but then after that, I was like, I really enjoyed the strength and conditioning piece. So talked to some people, got a, a, a graduate assistantship at Indiana State and been doing this ever since. It's just been, uh, it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more, I find it far more challenging and it's something I need. Like I don't, I didn't need football, but I do need this. Mm. Uh, I have that uh, within me. Like I, if I didn't do this, I don't know what I'd do. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that uh, that desire to help with uh, kids. And as much as I know football coaches have an impact uh, on people's lives for their lifetime, uh, I feel like with my job, I can have an even more profound effect mm-hmm. on teaching them because at some point they're going to stop playing football. Mm-hmm. But I hope that they never stop doing some kind of wellness and fitness stuff because mm-hmm. that's going to be important for their lifespan. So that's where uh, that's one of the ways I help myself uh, uh, convince myself that it's truly important. <laughs> yeah. So it's interesting you talk about watching watching games, football games. I like to watch stuff on YouTube, but it's schemes that I want to learn about. Yeah. So I, you know, when the NFL playoffs are going, or it's like I like Michigan football, so I watch those. But other than that, it's like uh, I kind of take yeah. it or leave it because, like you said, I'm watching football film all the, t- all the time and all football <laughs> coaches are so you're going ah you know this gets full a little, <laughs> a little yeah. too much that was a bad first step that was a bad second step i can't like i got yeah. to the point it's like he's running too flat he's running too vertical it's mm-hmm. like i can't yeah when and i it made me irrationally angry watching a watching somebody i think it was a college student might have been a pro mm-hmm. uh, might have been a preseason game for all i remember but it's like watching that and it made me angry and it's like I don't want that. Yeah. That's not the feeling I want to have when I watch a sport that I love. It's like, right. I don't want that. Let me, let's, let's take a little bit more time. And since then I've gotten a little bit better because I could just kind of turn that coach's brain off because mm. I don't, it's not as active. Mm. Um, but when I was right in, in it, like I couldn't turn it off. Like I would watch a game and it's just like, Nope, everything is wrong. <laughs> Finding all those pieces that are minuses in a play. Oh, <laughs> plus and minuses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I remember one time it was after a game and I actually went and talked to my office line coach about my grade. Mm-hmm. Cause I said, well, he didn't grade it. The GA did. And uh, I had a meeting with the GA and the offensive line coach. And I ended up getting like 10 plays switch from minus to plus. <laughs> and I was, I was looking at the GA and it was a, uh, man, what are you trying to do? You know, I mean, not that, <laughs> Not an office line coach to say, our, you know, I'm not concerned about the grades, but at the same time, like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> if this is going to be on a sheet of paper, people can see this. That's not right if you 
do that to me. I'll never forget that. Oh my gosh. I'll never forget that. Um, so coach, talk about your playing days a little bit. Talk about sure. how do you get into football and how that, you know, work its way <laughs> into you being, uh, we're going to college from our, from our conversations. So when I was, uh, well, I just, my parents just like most were like, well, what do you want to do? And I wanted to play football. And so, um, I started out, you know, flag football. And then eventually I really liked that simply because even in flag football, you can hit a little bit. And I was having older brothers uh, and an older sister, like being the youngest, I was fairly well, I don't want to say picked on, but I wanted an outlet for my aggression uh, for the anger I did have uh, at them at times. So football allowed that. And it's like, I remember coming home from like one of my first practice and saying, mom, I really like football because I can hit people and not get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just, that was what took me through most of, uh, most of my younger days up until high school. And then, uh, at that point I was probably, I was significantly, not significantly, but I was larger than most other kids and, uh, throughout most of my life. And then I was like, as I got into high school, my grades were really fairly good uh so when i was getting letters from schools it was okay columbia brown penn yale and uh, a couple other smaller schools and university of chicago um so i was trying to figure out where i wanted to go i knew i didn't want to go in state uh whether that was a good idea or not i don't know um i just knew i wanted to be away from arizona uh because in a lot of cases, I had seen it happen to my brothers. Uh, I had seen it happen to a bunch of other people. Like if they don't leave Arizona for college, they're never gonna leave pretty much. Mm. And I felt like I didn't wanna live in Arizona my entire life. So I decided to go ahead and uh, accept an offer uh, to play at University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, uh, where eventually uh, I, was, I was consistently just a, a guard, but also just a utility lineman. Um, like when they needed somebody, they're like, okay, uh, put Jed at center for, the, for a couple of plays, put him at tackle for the, for the next three days because one of our tackles was hurt. Um, and then eventually my senior year, because I knew all the positions, including tight end, they're like, well, uh, one of our tight ends is really hurt right now. Let's have you play tight end for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I would go out in heavy sets wearing like a 80s jersey. It's like, this isn't right. Yeah, <laughs> this yeah. isn't fooling anybody. Yeah. We're not throwing this kind of ball. <laughs> well, it's it was funny because it's like, okay, I was the biggest kid on the team at that point. It was like, okay, we had a our right, if we went, went a right heavy set, it would be like, okay, our right guard, Matt Schaefer was like about 295. Our right tackle was about 300. Uh, right tight end, Retail, yeah, <laughs> and then, right, then a right, right wing would be like 250 it's like oh my God. yeah i wonder which direction they're going it, it was always just like yeah we're gonna run power to this side and there's nothing you're gonna do that's gonna stop it right um it was pretty good <laughs> it was a pretty good call most of the time um you know so we uh we didn't i ended up playing a lot of tight end more than anything else just simply because uh i knew the positions well enough but also uh i I, I jokingly say that my coach finally took pity on me <laughs> because he's like, he's a senior. He hasn't done much. So let's, he's been uh, uh, in college. You could probably attest to this. The people who get in the most fights in practice are second string offensive and defensive linemen because they're the ones who just 
are so desperate to prove themselves yes. uh, that they are going to do anything, show how tough they are. And that was me uh, to an absolute T. Like I was, I would, as soon as a play was over, I'd be shoving people like uh, that's what we were taught to do anyways. Uh -huh. um, but then that usually precipitated a response from someone on the defense sure. and I was more than willing to oblige, yes. uh, you know, so I got in more fights with my best friend in the world than anyone else yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was a he was a defensive lineman so i got in so many fights with him um over the four years of college uh it, mm. it was really really uh really funny um but yeah so i played a good bit of tight end uh never never went out for a pass whenever i was in, it's, it was almost always a run play always uh, run or it was a screen to the opposite side of the field oh, okay. <laughs> i felt so bad but also it's like i completely understand yeah so Talk yeah. about going to pit. I mean, that is a high, pen, high pen. pen excuse me. Not, okay. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> I do not want to offend any pen uh, alumni out there listening. Uh, talk about that experience going to pen because that is a high academic institution and you're yeah. playing football. Yeah. It was really challenging. Um, one of the things that uh, I consistently I try to tell people in a lot of cases is where you go to college can affect uh, like the level of learning you're going to get may differ a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but the real thing is what I found is at a higher tier institution, what you're going to do is that professors are going to teach to the front of the class, the person who's paying the most attention and the person who already has an A, they're teaching to them. If you're, if you're in, have a C or a D, bye. You know, you're, um, you're already, you're way back behind too bad. You better come to office hours and try to help yourself. Cause I'm, I'm taking care of the person who's in front, oh, wow. you know, I'm running with them. Uh, the other problem, uh, quote problem, mm -hmm. uh, is that you're dealing with, uh, virtually, I don't want to say the best of the best, but in a way you're dealing with some incredibly smart people. Mm -hmm. So if they grade on a curve, you might be in trouble, <laughs> you know, like, I did not think about that Yeah, because, okay, everyone, you great. I had a 4.2 in high school. So did everyone else here and they don't have uh, 20 hours to 30 hours a week playing football. Uh, you know, right. they have all that extra time to study. Not that they use it all to study, right. but not that they should, but they have that time that you don't. So you better work in, just as hard, if not harder, to keep up with them. Yeah. Uh, so it was a challenge because they, the professors taught more to the front. Uh, the professors or and the kids were always at the front. Uh, you know, they were virtually every kid. One of the challenges you find with um, for myself definitely, and for a bunch of other kids was in high school. A lot of the kids there didn't have to try mm -hmm. uh, because learning and understanding came naturally right in high school it didn't at college because they kind of expected more of you so you had to work a little bit more so that those some of those habits that other kids might have had from actually studying in high school we didn't all have mm -hmm. uh, i didn't have great study habits when i went to college uh and i suffered for that so it took me a while to actually figure that out and work on that how to actually study um and through my time there, I mean, it was just, I was always amazed just how um, ridiculously over the top some of my uh, associates were. Um, like I said, my best friend was defense flyman. He was an engineer. Uh, and one of the projects they had to do, um, and this isn't an 
uncommon project uh, in a piece of software called SolidWorks, mm -hmm. uh, which is basically like a, a computer assisted design software. Uh, you ha they had to make a transmission, a manual transmission. Oh. Uh, so you had to like, okay, create all the math to create this, like these cogs in a wheel, and then I'll do all these things to create a manual transmission. But that's what most people did. But Tom, because he decided to be a butthole to everybody else virtually, um, he's like, I don't want it to be manual. I want it to be automatic. So he made an automatic transmission in that. Oh, uh, like, and he was one, like, immediately he got an A because it's like no one else went that extra mile. Mm -hmm. But he's also, like I said, he's probably one of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Mm -hmm. um, so it was tough seeing some of those people like, holy cow, like uh, just how over the top uh, smart all those people were. It was funny going from being big fish in a little pond to a very little fish in a giant ocean, um, yes. you know, with so many people who are all near the top of their class in high school and so intelligent and so driven. Uh, it was a big, big challenge. Heck, I mean, even within the football team, like mm -hmm. there were so many kids who were really, really smart and then other kids were smart like me and struggled still. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I remember my first day of practice at East Carolina University and realizing, oh, everybody here was the best or one of the best mm -hmm. players on their high school team. And, yeah, like this is a totally different – and like gone, long gone are the days of five, eight, 150-pound guards. <laughs> we are all – six foot and up 270 and up <laughs> yeah uh which is like the, hot, the heaviest I ever got was 275 280 uh and then the classroom remember the first day of class for biology it was this lady with the eastern european accent <laughs> and she gave us a pretest. and i went to a uh i went to a christian school i i don't know they would call itself college prep i think now they they more so do but not back then I didn't know any of the terms on the pretest. Mm. Oof, coach. I and I take I had taken biology in high school. <laughs> I, I I looked like I saw a ghost because <laughs> I thought to myself, and now it's just a pretest. Now I didn't understand what pretest was. I'd never been given a pretest mm -hmm. ever. So I thought to myself, okay, at least this is like the end of the year. When somebody explained it to me, I need to know this by the end of the year. But that was so eye-opening to me. I had the worst practice of my retro freshman year after that day because my brain was going, how in the world am I going to pass this class? Uh, I ended up getting a B because I found out she got all of her quiz questions and test questions from the test bank that came with the book. <laughs> so that's how that worked. And I sat with the smart kids in class. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is such a – East Carolina is not a high academic institution. Um, they call it EZU down there at, uh, in the South. But, yeah, it's just such a, a jump to be able to go from high school to college. And it's trying to, you know, as a teacher, now administrator and yourself as a, you know, a teacher, a strength conditioning expert, you know, what do you find, like the people that want to go to the next level, how do you help them understand, like, what is that going to take? Because in high school, it's not 
I mean, you can get, you can kind of prepare them, but it's not, it's not the same. Well, if you're trying to go to college level, it's going to take a fairly well concerted effort academically, in all, all honesty. Mm. Um, I look at a lot of colleges will start looking at academics fairly early mm -hmm. because if you are not eligible immediately, why am I going to spend time on you? Right. You know, uh, so getting your academics in order, getting your house in order in that way is mm -hmm. a huge step. Mm -hmm. um, now, it's not I, that is not terribly difficult, but some kids have a tough time wrapping their heads around. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to actually make sure that this The other thing related to that is get your study habits in order during mm -hmm. high school, because if you don't, you'll find like I did, the mm -hmm. college is a kick in the teeth. Yeah. Um, so be figuring out how you need to study. Now, one of the ways, uh, for instance, uh, as you did, you know, looking for test bank questions, mm -hmm. uh, answering those, answering right. those honestly. Um, I think I did in my college classes because a professor did this for me in grad school uh was he what he did was he uh wrote up all the questions that he would give us on like a quiz or mm -hmm. uh, something he would uh give them to us he he put them up online and say okay oh, these nice. are all the questions i'm going to ask you if i ask you a question on a quiz like a quiz will only be like two questions i'll give you 50 in my it's going to be any two of those mm -hmm. and then he would just he'd say okay those are the two questions for today answer them and that's your quiz uh and then for the exam he used those same questions he just reworded them sure you know he wouldn't put them exactly as the same but it's like okay instead of uh a vo2 of 50 it's a vo2 of 30 mm -hmm. it's very very small changes but it was the exact same so that was something i started to do okay like and when we i mean the simplest way i found for myself uh to help retain information this retain remains to this day is in class, I actually will write my notes and then the, like within a day or two, I'll try to transcribe them on a mm. uh, computer mm -hmm. because that way I'm writing them long form and then I'm writing them uh, in a computer. So I'm writing them twice in two different modes mm -hmm. that helps retain information. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the ways uh, helping get your academics and your study habits in order. That's going to be a huge first step because uh, as one of my old uh, athletic trainers used to say uh to be a good football player you need to be hostile agile mobile but you most of all need to be eligible, eligible. Uh, so oh my gosh if you can't don't have at least some good grades you're gonna you're not hurt helping the team because you're yeah. sitting down so make sure you have your study habits in order make sure you have your academics in order mm -hmm. uh to then go to the next level it is important to think of what is needed from you physically? Uh, how are your skills? Have you spent the time developing the skills that you need? Mm -hmm. um, that comes in practice. That sometimes comes in simply doing some things on your own. As an offensive lineman, okay. Uh, there's almost no such thing as taking too many sets. There's right. almost no such thing as taking too many pull steps. Mm -hmm. So doing some simple things like that, uh, replicating some of those situations. Uh, it's hard. Football is one that's really hard to do um, appropriately without all of your gear because you can't really hit right. somebody like you would without shoulder pads and a helmet. Mm -hmm. 
but you can do some of those things. You know, a couple of days ago, we had maybe an athlete or two out here. They were uh, messing around, just doing sets, punching each other because they right. had, they, I, they found us, we give them a shield and they were able to do some stuff like that. Yeah. Um, or using a, uh, I just had them, okay, uh, put on a couple of thick sweatshirts and let somebody right, <laughs> punch yeah. you, you know, replicate that. Um, so make sure you're working your skills. Uh, from a physical development standpoint, the other thing you need to think of is, okay, what is needed from me uh, physically? Mm. So as a football player, one of the things that I've, I've fallen into this trap before, and a lot of football players tend to fall into this trap is, okay, it's about strength. And there is a certain truth to it, mm-hmm. especially at the, high, at the high school level. Uh, just being strong enough is going to be a huge boom because that is uh, one of the reasons we strength train is because it's a low hanging fruit. It's easiest way to achieve a bunch of goals just by getting stronger. Mm-hmm. It helps you get a little bit faster. It helps you get a little more powerful. And that's a very low hanging fruit. I can, by training strength, I get a bunch of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be, as you get more and more higher in your training age, as in you are older, you have more training under your belt, that's not enough. You have to start to diversify. You have to actually focus on power and speed. Uh, like we've talked about this using uh, the feed the cats from Tony Holler. Mm-hmm. Um focusing on, okay, well, we're going to sprint as fast as possible two to three times. And we're going to do that every day. So we work on, it's called micro dosing your Mm -hmm. speed, Mm -hmm. Um, just working on speed, even as an offensive lineman, Mm -hmm. uh, for instance, because if you look at, for instance, the NFL draft, uh, that's still Mm -hmm. beyond where I'm trying to get kids Mm -hmm. Uh, at the NFL draft level, Offensive linemen tend to go first and tend to have the longest careers or tend to go early and have longest careers also have really good 40 times. Mm -hmm. They're not slow. People who are really, really slow don't have necessarily long careers. They Mm -hmm. might have short careers or they might just have a uh, mediocre long career. They don't have excellent long careers. Mm -hmm. Um, The people who do are fast. Mm -hmm. So even as an offensive lineman, having some speed is vital. Like mm-hmm. it's actually really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it helps you get that first step in the ground mm-hmm. um, and get up to the second level. So working on some things like that, speed, uh, working on your strength, working on your power. So working on all of these different aspects, make sure that you figure out, okay, what is truly necessary for my sport? Again, mm-hmm. soccer, we use soccer as a, for instance, uh, a lot of people say, okay, well, what's really important for soccer, muscular endurance. Mm-hmm. Sure, to an extent, there's absolutely a lot of muscular endurance involved in soccer because especially at the college level, you might have to play the full 90. You Mm -hmm. probably don't get to come out. Um, They only get a handful of substitutions a game. Mm -hmm. So in order to do that, yeah, we need some muscular endurance. But you don't want to train just by running 10 miles a day Mm -hmm. because that all training slow does is train you to be slow. Mm -hmm. So there has to be some semblance of, okay, I need to do a lot of speed work because Mm -hmm. you're going to have to chase down a ball. You're going to have to chase down an opponent Mm -hmm. uh, or you have to do some agility training because you have to be able to anticipate where somebody is going and get in Mm -hmm. their way, Mm -hmm. uh, block their direction. um, Or when the ball is kicked in a different direction than you expect, be able to get Mm -hmm. after it really fast. Mm -hmm. So 
figuring out what are all those important aspects and maybe using, using like a rating tier system saying, okay, what's really important, what's least important, and then figuring out, okay, I need to spend the most time on the thing that's really important and the least time on the thing that's the least important. Mm-hmm. Um, as, a, one, as a strength coach, one of the things I tend to also look at is what their training outside of here looks like. So what their mm-hmm. practice looks like mm-hmm. uh, for a cross country kid, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, to get them to the next level, one of the things I focus on is a lot of strength because most of them lack that. No, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't do as much focus on muscular endurance or endurance mm. because they get that bucket. Like if you think about all these uh, at physical training, physical attributes as buckets, their endurance bucket is filled. Mm-hmm. They're they're pouring water into it from a garden hose, mm-hmm. uh, from a fire hose even because of all the running they do. So it's like, what is me doing three sets of 15 on, a, on an extra? I was going to do, oh, great. There's a fire hose. Let me spit at that bucket. Right. Just to, yeah. It doesn't help, but there's an empty bucket for strength over here. Mm. Let me go ahead and put some water in that because mm. that'll raise everything else up. Or maybe it's a, a bucket for power. Okay. Well, yeah, they need power because they need to be able to get that final kick. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hmm. focusing on attributes that might get trained a lot doesn't help because it's like there's only so much i could really do to help the thing that's already getting trained a lot like endurance but mm-hmm. maybe focusing on something else uh that they don't get a lot of mm. be it a strength or power or stability uh those kind of things mm-hmm. so for instance for football a receiver might get a buttload of sprints in Maybe I don't need to do as much true speed work with him. Right. Uh, maybe I need to do more strength work. Maybe I need to do more uh, power work. Mm. Uh, for a lineman, he gets a lot of strength work in. Maybe I need to do a little bit less strength work and more power and more speed with mm. him. Uh, so thinking about what you do a lot in your practice and also what are the most important buckets to fill and what gets filled at practice, what doesn't get filled at practice. Let's hit those in our training in the mm-hmm. weight room uh, or elsewhere where, mm-hmm. where I'm involved. Mm-hmm. So that's so good. I, and we'll talk about training philosophy. You, you hit it a lot. Um, but man, I've never thought about like buckets, you know, so they get this bucket a lot. Let's work on these, these buckets. Uh, but it, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I was, a, as a player, I was so stiff. I was very, very stiff. I still am today. <laughs> but uh, I, I was really helped by our college strength staff mm-hmm. to be able to bend and move. And it wasn't really – Bill Gillespie, right? Bill Gillespie was my was my strength coach at Liberty. Um, where I finished up playing the last three years. And, man, you talk about a guy that was way ahead of his time. He had gotten, <laughs> like, all the Russian – not, maybe not all, but a lot of Russian documents, Russian text. Yeah. Russian text. They had somebody translate them. Yeah. And uh, for a guy my size now, I'm 210 pounds. I, you know, I was 270 back then. I could bench 400, hang clean 350 or whatever it was. No, three, yeah, 350, three, somewhere, somewhere around there. Um, but man, like he would go talk to other. Uh, strength coaches mm-hmm. and it when he would talk to them he wouldn't say it's by here other people that would go on the trip it was like s- sitting down with budo with him <laughs> people would just sit there and look at him like yeah. what are you because it was he, he was with the seahawks for a minute with the huskies and he's retired now he kind of just travels around from what i what i see talking to people but 
what I learned there was a lot of what you're talking about. It was, hey, what do we need to develop in this player? Yeah. How do we help them? Now, the workout was generally the same for everybody. But yeah. if you want to come in extra, they'd help you. I'd go in and work on flexibility, uh, endurance, and all that. And that's just awesome. It's just so cool how that has changed. So I remember in high school, it was just put a ton of weight on the bar <laughs> and forget about the technique. You yeah. know what I mean? Can I outlift this person? It kind of, it made me more stiff. My squats were high and I was already stiff anyway, <laughs> but I felt like I was strong. So I could put five plates on there yeah. and I'm going like quarter inch on the <laughs> squat. Uh, so coach, you talk about your buckets, talk about kind of, you know, for football, let's, let's just football focus on football. Sure. Like what is a, tra- what's a training program look like for you? A general training program for football. Okay, so I tend to, if I have, if I had my brothers, it'd be in, I have to break it down by season. Mm-hmm. So by whether it's the off season, the preseason, mm-hmm. in season, and then postseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Postseason not meaning playoffs, meaning after the season is over. Yeah. Um, but I won't go too much into depth there. But if I think about off season, because that tends to be the longest period of mm-hmm. your year. Yeah. Um, your in season is about 10, 11 weeks. Preseason is about three or four. Mm-hmm. So most of the, and then postseason is one or two. So most of your year is going to be your off season. Yeah. So what I tend to think of is okay, I use as an ideal, I want to give them two days off a week, which is perfect because that's the weekend. Right. I'm not expecting them to come in on Saturdays mm-hmm. or Sundays. Uh, so five days a week. Okay. What can I do in five days? Well, uh, it's off season. If it was in preseason, I switch this, I would switch this, but off season, it's going to be three days of weights, uh, or some form of resistance training, mm-hmm. whether it be at plyos or whatnot. And then two days of speed work or something akin to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like three days in two days out, mm-hmm. get them outside, even in the winter because suck it up. Um, suck it up, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so three days of training. Then from there, when I'm inside, I use, uh, I steal, uh, all good coaches steal. Um, yes. So, <laughs> yes. uh, I use a guy named Joe Ken, who is, who was a strength coach at Arizona state, uh, mm-hmm. Carolina Panthers. He was uh, recognized a couple of years ago as a, a strength coach of the year. Um, he created something called the tier method, mm-hmm. uh, where essentially what you do is you break your exercises into total body, lower body, and upper body. Mm. So total body is usually things like uh, Olympic lifts, clean mm. snatches, jerks, push press, and then uh, med ball throws usually is also included in there. Mm. Uh, carries, uh, farmer's carries, whatnot. And then lower body is exactly what it sounds like. Okay, maybe your deadlift. Mm. Deadlift could be either total or lower, your choice. Mm. Uh, squat, front squat, split squat etc. Mm-hmm. RDLs. Mm-hmm. Uh, upper body is like press, any kind of push or pull. Uh, so bench press, overhead press, uh, body row, bent row, pull-ups, any of those. So you break those down. And then on day one, your first tier is, so on Monday, you have a total body is your first exercise. Second exercise is lower. Third exercise is upper. Mm. Okay. Total lower upper. And then the next day you come in, you move total to the bottom and lower comes up. Lower oh, okay. is your first tier. 
upper is your second tier, total is your third tier. Hmm. And then the third day you do it again, upper is your first tier. So it went from third to second to first, hmm. uh, lower goes down to the bottom. So it went from second to first to third hmm. total is your second went from uh, first to third to second. Hmm. So the reason you do that is because your first tier exercise on most days is going to be the thing that you do the most intense or the fastest with the greatest, with the greatest intent. Right. Um, so be it a speed exercise or something that is super heavy, that's where you're going to put it mm -hmm. because that's when you're freshest. You don't want to do that at the end of your workout. You want to do it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So that way you're not saying, okay, well, I'm going to do total body every day. No, let's go ahead and do hidden upper body and let that be really fresh during mm -hmm. that day mm -hmm. uh, on our third day of the week. And then so on and so forth. Like you, most people will say, okay, our first tier is power. So on day one, tier one, which is total body, power exercise make it a make it fast mm -hmm. uh on day on tier two would be like strength okay so on that day on day mm -hmm. one it's lower body okay so let's do some squat there mm -hmm. some heavier squat uh third tier would be like hypertrophy or muscular endurance that's upper body okay so let's just do like three to four sets of 10 on a dumbbell bench mm -hmm. and then so on and so forth now that would be for that kind of plan i have and then two days of sprinting usually when i do that is uh it's going to be one day will be for acceleration one day will be for top speed so acceleration mm -hmm. i tend to focus just on different poses and getting them to replicate the motion of coming out and leaning in mm -hmm. uh getting a positive shin angle and moving about 10 yards mm -hmm. keep it simple mm -hmm. uh, and then for a speed day top end speed we're going to do flying tens mm -hmm. um where you have a build up uh and then you're sprinting for 10 yards as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. um, usually I like to use about a 20 yard buildup. Like, so you start at the goal line, build until you get to the 20, then from the 20 to 30, you're as fast as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. uh, realistically, it's more like the 18 to the uh, 32, mm -hmm. but that's okay. Um, so flying tens like that are great for top speed because you're only trying to hold your top speed for a little bit and we can get a snapshot of it, mm -hmm. uh, get some practice at it. So I like doing though, that's my general weekly plan. And then that's also based for a slightly more advanced athlete. That's more my intermediate and advanced athletes. I'll do that with mm -hmm. that kind of training. My beginner athletes will start with even simpler stuff. Mm -hmm. um, you've seen this uh, that I do beginners. That whole tier method is a little more advanced than they need. They mm -hmm. just need practice at the movements. Oh, yeah. So we're just going to do all the movements over and over and over until you get sick of them. Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm playing a little bit more with some extended ISOs. Mm -hmm. uh, like, okay, we're going to get into the bottom of a split squat and hold it for three minutes mm -hmm. uh, without a break if you can. If you can hold it without a break for three minutes, then you're ready to move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but until you can get to that point, you're not ready. Uh, so just doing some extended ISO so they get used to being in that position and being strong and stable in that position. I kind of like trying to play around with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something I'm going to be using as a primer, even before they start a true beginner workout. Mm -hmm. uh, the beginner workout is usually just, okay, day one, we're going to squat. We're going to do some form of overhead press and we're going to do some form of row. Mm -hmm. uh, so usually a, a bent row. Uh, just five sets of five on all of it because you need practice mm -hmm. and fives are a great way to practice because they're lighter than threes mm -hmm. uh, and you can stay fresh enough uh, with your CNS because if you do 10, eventually 
by rep eight, you're getting lazy or you're just not focusing anymore. Mm -hmm. Five is perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe six or seven, but five seems is a nice round number that I like. Mm -hmm. um, then uh, that's day one is usually a squat, overhead press, bent row. Day two would be split squat, bench press, and deadlift. Mm -hmm. And just alternate between those for, mm -hmm. I'm going to alternate between those for up to eight weeks, depending on how well they do, if they are crushing it and they get to a point where it's like, okay, well, you're hitting a weight that I feel is really respectable for your size. Okay. Now you're ready to move on to the more advanced stage, mm -hmm. but until they get to that point, until they can hold those positions very easily with a fairly significant weight, mm -hmm. I'm not ready to move them on. Um, mm. I tend to use a body weight ratio for that okay. um so i use a, a chart uh, that helps me out a little bit so if you can get to a point where you're at about if you can hit your body weight for one rep on uh front squat you're probably pretty close to moving on yeah if you can't okay well we're a little bit struggling now there is some forgiveness based on uh your overall body weight mm -hmm. like i'm not expecting necessarily uh our 300 pound linemen to be able to hit their front right. squat, uh, their 300 pound front squat for one, right. especially if they're only a sophomore, mm -hmm. I might not expect that, right. but there's going to be a range within there that tells me, okay, if you can hit about, you know, maybe 240 for one, okay, I'd be happy to move you on to mm -hmm. the more advanced stage. Mm -hmm. um, so it really depends on who they are, what kind of training they've had, they have with me, uh, and their training history, but I tend to keep it a fairly simple, like give them a metric to hit that way they can try and have that as a goal, though the question then becomes, how do you keep that metric from being the V thing? Like you don't want the test to be the thing they're trying to mm -hmm. aim for. You want it just to be a, a marker. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a marker. It's not the end goal, the end goal is for you to be a better athlete. I don't care if you, if you're a better athlete and your squat stays the same, I'm okay with that. Yeah, sure, yeah. If you feel better, if the, if the bar moves better, like you had, you had 240 and it moves slow and now you're hitting 240, but it moves faster. I'm okay right. with that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Like, even if you feel like, okay, I can't squat much more than that. Mm -hmm. Go for it. I don't care. Like it's, mm -hmm you are better i've watched it i can see it like mm -hmm. uh like i can see how fast the bar is moving i can hear how fast it's moving uh to an extent like if i hear how rattly the weights are on there mm -hmm. i can hear some of that stuff mm -hmm. so i can understand uh, mm -hmm. different aspects of improvement it's not all just total mm -hmm. not just numbers there are other ways to improve mm -hmm. so yeah i remember talking with somebody about this training for a sport is different than powerlifting so we don't ask we don't ask powerlifters to play in the nfl no you know that's no. not the way that works so it's no. it's a different they need to be strong right but yeah. you there's other skills that are there like flexibility uh, the ability to accelerate muscular you know power muscular endurance and and you'll hear it guys will say oh i bench press whatever number but <laughs> can they move can they play a whole game you know speaking football speaking about football and to me that's far more important than i can inflate my bench press because 
that's probably about all I'm doing. And my body weight's going up to a place where it's <laughs> helping my bench press, but it's not helping me play football. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you could say, you know, bench press is usually the one because yeah, guys don't go to the gym and do squats, you know, or like deadlifts. <laughs> they go to the Planet Fitness here or whatever it's called, anytime, yeah. anytime fitness to do to do bench press. Yeah. But uh well, coach man, thank you for, for all this. You're you're a wealth of you have a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> and I uh, appreciate you uh sitting down with us. Of course, a lot of fun.